Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to episode 107 of Courts at Indiana podcast. This is kind of a different podcast. This is not high school basketball this time. We're going to talk about the Pacers. We're going to talk about the NBA trade trade deadline. Uh, we are going to bring in two people that I've podcasted with, but on Tyler's feed, Tyler Smith. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. How are you? Doing well, man. Steve Isaacs. Steve Isaacs live from Assembly Hall. Hey. Oh, is that a vir- that's a virtual background. Oh, tricky. Yeah. How's it going? It's going well, man. How's how's Logansport? Oh, it's fantastic. Nice. Nice. Ready for uh, ready for you to come back for regional. I will. You know what? <laughs> it's going to be a little bit of a tougher path this year. So we'll see how Carmel yeah. does in the uh, sectional. But yeah, I do like my trips to Logansport because they usually mean good things. So. Um, Tyler, tell everybody you are what indiesportslegend.com, correct? Correct. And then tell everybody your involvement with the Pacers, with IU, and, and what you're doing there. And then that way they know that you're not just some schmo off the street that we <laughs> picked up like some stray dog. <laughs> yeah, most of my work is uh, Pacers. Um, probably about three fourths of my, my tweets and my coverage. Uh, Pacers, I go to the home games and usually have locker room access, but because of COVID now we have like the, the podium access. So I get to interview the guys uh, after the game and uh, write stories and, and live tweet. So that's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And then I go a little bit further drive for me to go to Bloomington, but I go to some of the big games. I covered IU Purdue and I'll cover at least uh, two or three more IU games and then hopefully the Big Ten tournament as well. Um, so occasionally, Is- like I, I did the Final Four in, in 2015 when it was here and some right. different opportunities like that. Is all of that under your own banner or are you under, do you, do you work for other people when you're doing that? Um, Indy sports legends was started by Cliff Brunt. And then I took over when he okay. went to cover the thunder. Um, he, he's a AP writer now. So I took over the site. So I'm, now I'm the editor and uh, basically run it, but I owe everything to him for hooking me up uh, to begin with. Nice. Steve is, uh, and, and you coach girls basketball at Crawfordsville, correct? That's right. That's right. Well, good luck with sectionals this week or whenever they Thank happen. <laughs> Snowmageddon is rolling in. Steve, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I, uh, I'm assistant coach at Logan Sport High School. I've coached AAU for quite a while, and I did radio for the Berries for about six or seven years. You don't do that? You still don't do that? Uh, this is the first year I haven't done it in a while because really? uh, I moved to the bench. Okay. Yeah, I guess I I didn't know you hadn't. I mean, obviously, I know you had done it before because we've we've done some interviews and stuff during the regionals. So, and you're and also it, part of the Grace Scott band. That is correct. Yeah, that is correct. I, I basically take basketball season off, but yeah, um, but I'm getting ready to hop right back into that here pretty quick. So, did I really help you get that gig? Oh, heck yeah. That's a great gig down there too. Was it good? Good. Was it, did it turn out well? We were out of town playing. We were out of town playing. They NCAA changed their schedule yeah. last June, you know, last 
what April, they added a weekend in July. So it was like all of a sudden can't be there. Yeah. We had a good crowd and we're trying good. to uh, go back down there again. We're working on a date. Well, definitely. So you're Barry's cooperative. Everything's going well. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Things are going well. Cool. Well, he, he's, he's a good dude. So I don't really know him away from Brockway, but he's a good dude and he's, um, he likes trying out new things. So, yeah. All right, man. So what are the Pacers going to do? <laughs> How about this for a general, general question? What are the Pacers going to do for the trade deadline? That's kind of what we're talking about here. We're, are, are they going to try to make a run for the, are they going to try to make a run for the, um, for the play-in? What do you think, Tyler? Are they doing that? Or are they just complete, um, rebuild we're not we're not gutting right because simon won't let us yeah that's the it's the rumor anyway but i don't know if he's changed his tune since his little team has uh really struggled <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> since making those comments um i don't think they're they're going to be buyers by any means uh i don't i think the ship has sailed in terms of them trying to make the plan right um but I, my hope is they make multiple moves i think they need to make multiple moves the only way not making multiple moves makes sense is if they make one really big one that's a, kind of a package deal. Um, but I, I think they've got too many assets and too many holes right. to not make multiple moves. So they've only got a week and a half left here, but uh, hopefully they're not all, all bark and no bite as they have been in many other years. This is the year that it makes the most sense when you have the assets and you have a, you know, you're trying to build for the future. Yeah, I, I don't know what they're. I mean, obviously Turner's injury hurts that. This would be a this would be a more fun podcast. We we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. This this would be a more fun podcast if he was healthy and, and there would be some inevitable trades. I that'll be the only thing is, you know, I think now they want to see what they can what Sabonis looks like on his own, right? So they're not just going to give him away unless they get. They're definitely not going to trade him for pennies in the dollar. They're gonna they're gonna play that out and just see what it looks like with just one of them, right? That's the thinking. I mean, I've been a fan of both Turner and Sabonis, and I, I like I think they work, but it just doesn't make sense anymore. I mean, if it ever did, it just doesn't anymore because when you've got all that money wrapped up, um, you've got other holes to fill. Trading one of them, getting assets back, freeing up some money for other moves. Um, it just makes more sense. And Sabonis' name is still being thrown out there. I know like people in, uh, in Washington think that they have a shot at him. I don't think it's going to happen. I think Sabonis, who also has an extra year on his deal, um, I just think they're going to keep him. And, and even though Miles Turner is hurt, um, I still, I think there's still a decent chance that he gets dealt if a team believes that he'll be back even in March. Even in March. Yeah. What does a Sabonis to Washington trade look like? Is it is it is Kuzma enough of a start that with other pieces, does Kuzma alongside of maybe a, an eventually healthy Miles Turner? What's that look like to you, Steve? Well, funny you say that. So I'm gonna throw a couple possible trades at you guys, and you tell me. Yeah, we're gonna do some fake that. trades here before the end. Well, of this end one of this is season, so. this one is for Sabonis, okay. Okay. So, would you do Cal Kuzma, Denny Avaya, Thomas Bryant, and a future first round pick for Sabonis and Tory Craig? 
Well, I mean, I <sighs> and one more. Okay, would Which... you do Rui Hachimura, Corey Kispert, Isaiah Todd, Montrez Harrell, and the future pick for Sabonis and Brissett? No, that second one's no. Okay, I don't think. I mean, Hachimura's just bad defensively. He's not – I mean, at least Abdi is a playmaker, but I think has a chance to become – I think he has a chance to become an adequate shooter. I, I guess part of me – Tyler, when you watch them play, you're, I mean, you're up close for half their games, right? You're, you're there for their home yep. games most of the time? Yep. To me, the issue has never been – and, and – and obviously, Steve, I like the direction of the Kuzma stuff. I, I think I would want to look at that and tweak it maybe a little bit. I don't know what it, what the tweak would be. I don't think Thomas Bryant carries that much weight if you're going to keep – if you're still going to have Miles Turner, and I definitely would not want him to be a starting center. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> Tyler and I, we've already – we're recording out of sequence here, so Tyler and I have already touched on uh, our little – our fantasy basketball stuff. But um, we – the Bryant stuff, I don't see that he's got a ton of value right now, at least in the, in the real world. But to me, the, the, the issue hasn't been, what, what are we calling them? Turbonus? Is that what their homogenized <laughs> name is? To me, the issue isn't Turbonus. The issue is the overall lack of shooting, right? I mean, Miles Turner is their best damn shooter, at least of the guys that start. Of the guys that you think, well, and T.J. Warren, a healthy T.J. Warren has shot well for the Pacers. Did not shoot well for Phoenix, but he's definitely shot well for the Pacers. And I have maintained that a healthy T.J. Warren changes the look of this team because when they go small with him at the four, they're way better than Brissett at the four or or whatever else, whatever concoction they've, they've come up with. As much as I think O'Shea Brissett has been a, a great find, He's, he's not, he's an energy guy. He's not really a core rotation guy, but if you, have you seen that as any different, what, what would be the one, what would be the thing you would do first, Tyler, if you were starting to remake that team a little bit? I would say nobody's untouchable. What do you got? What kind of offers are out there? Yeah. Weigh them all. And uh, Wait, let, those, let's say those, those particular trades, I, I would not be interested in for Sabonis. I think, I think they're right to say that they want a for sure thing, yeah. uh, for sure core piece. And when it comes to picks, is there a way to get immediate and solid picks, not like late first rounders all the time, but um, is there a way to stockpile that you can also package later? Um, but I, I mean, fans know that have followed me and know that I've been a fan of Turbonus for a long time, but I also, you know, I finally reached the point of it's time. It's time to deal one of them. And perimeter defense is another issue. They talk about Sabonis and how he can't defend as well as Turner, obviously. But if they had better uh, perimeter defense, mm-hmm. um, then it wouldn't be as, as glaring of a hole. The other thing is, you look at the play of Isaiah Jackson and Goga, they're fully capable of being solid backups. Um, TJ Warren, maybe the, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. They end up keeping TJ Warren for much cheaper than what was what, what it was looking like. It looked like he's going to price himself out. Right. Rumor is he wants to stay. They keep him for cheap, put him at the four. You got Sabonis at the five. You got um, Jackson and Goga that can fill in. 
And then, as you said, get some shooters, get some picks, uh, find a way. But it's it's hard to pinpoint one thing. Um, like that Kings offer, I was interested in, even though Fox can't shoot. But that that was more in line of if I were to deal Sabonis. But haven't liked what I've seen package wise for him. So to to me, the 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 Fox deal ends up being you you've got to time that out with Brogdon. You're you're going to move Brogdon. And, and again, you, if you're going to have Fox, you, you've got to, and you've got to have shooting. You, you've just got to have pieces around him. And I think Duarte eventually becomes a piece that I think he ends up being somebody who improves as a shooter. Uh, I, you know, the return of TJ Warren and you talked about his contract, he's at 12 and a half million this year or, or just the duration of this contract. If they could re-sign him for 12 and a half million, that would be, they feel, they feel like he's healthy. That would be a great, that would be a good value for him uh, going, you know, if he were to get a three or four year deal, you know, the problem is, is, is just the question of his health. And, you know, I don't know that they'll, when they're going to know that for sure. Hopefully he can come back and play this year. Um, I mean, they're talking about it, right? Well, the rumor is weeks, not months, weeks, Even not months said that about eight times for weeks. Yeah. yeah they've... <laughs> they said, that's uh, like, like such a pacer headline. They're like TJ Warren is playing, Malcolm Brogdon one-on-one this week and people are supposed to be excited. Like, yeah, both guys are, you know, <laughs> maybe, maybe Miles Turner will play one V one against them two here <laughs> in the future. And we can just, you know, broadcast that and see how they do. And I've loved go. I loved when they drafted Goga. I didn't know that I loved Goga, but I loved when they drafted a center when they did, because I thought that will give them a year or two to figure out if they have a piece while Sabonis and Turner obviously are still going to be pacers and that would give them the ability to deal from strength. I mean, but, but Tadze has been an absolute nothing until the last couple of what weeks, month, maybe the last month. So is this going to be, I mean, have you seen enough to, to assume that he's a rotation guy? Either I, one of you, Steve, I mean, Tyler, than yeah, Steve. Uh, I, I think, just the combination of having both. And especially when you've used two first round picks for Jackson and Goga, I love like Jackson, surely, surely there's enough there to at least, you know, one of the two. And then you have a solid third string as well. There's enough there to make even more sense of trading a big. Yeah. I I love the Jackson pick, especially when you definitely, a lot of that is value. I love what they got him. Which is why, you know, going back to Plumlee, TJ Leaf, those types of situations, they didn't like those picks. They didn't dislike them as players, just didn't like where they were drafted and who they could have gotten instead. But, you know, we may look at the, the draft list and think, yeah, there was somebody maybe a little bit better, more polished than Isaiah Jackson, but I absolutely love love where they got him and, and the rest of it's kind of hindsight. But, Steve, have you seen enough from – Goga or I mean Jackson we, I think we all kind of like him but who doesn't like athleticism and length have you seen enough from Goga to think he's a, a rotation guy yeah I think Goga is a guy who could be your your backup center like to me the big issue here is this is never going to work the way they're doing it right now like not long term not as good as the east is right now I mean I know injuries have been an issue but they've given it some time and it, it's just not going to happen you know I, I agree with Tyler. You put basically everybody on the table and, you know, it's like, what's the best offer we can get for somebody? I'd like them to deal either uh, 
Sabonis or Turner. You know, hopefully they could get a good enough deal for one of them. And then you move Goga into that backup role. Um, you know, to me, I'd rather tank at least to some degree. And, you know, you got Duarte, Isaiah Jackson. You know, now that he's getting more opportunities, he looks really good. I mean, you don't want to stifle his development. You want to, you want to give him more opportunity. And, uh, you know, looking at Levert's contract, I mean, that doesn't look too bad. You know, maybe you you try to keep him unless you get a really, really nice offer. But, you know, I'd rather see these young players play, see what you got. I mean, even some of the games that we haven't had our main guys, like they're still beating teams. I realize the Clippers, you know, are, are not the Clippers that they were um, healthy. But, you know, some of these games, they won the game at Golden State. Um you know, if you put these young guys in there and they still win, I mean, it is what it is. But um, I'd like to see them go a different direction with the youth movement. You know, the, the problem – so they've got Duarte. They could slide him in with Brogdon. I mean, I, I think dealing Levert, somehow they've got to get – they have to add They have to add shooting to this roster. They're, I mean, uh, yeah, and I sure. love just, Justin – keeping Justin Holiday would be great. And, I mean, it's easy to say we would just insert Duarte into the starting lineup, and but then now you've got to make sure you got guys coming off the bench who can hit shots. I think not having Doug McDermott this year has hurt them. Obviously, not having T.J. Warren has hurt them, even though they played without him last year for most of the year. You know, and I don't think he's bubble T.J. Warren, but he's somewhere in between. Probably with what he was doing last year, he he probably could have sustained that. Uh, that's still not bubble T.J. Warren, but it is. And again, it, it it allows them to have a viable small ball lineup, which I think makes questions about Sabonis and, and Turner less of an issue because you can stagger their minutes along with Warren and look really good, especially offensively, because it, it seems like a lot of times as bad as their defense may be sometimes um, I, I don't think it's because it's Sabonis's fault or Turner's fault. I think it's because it's the pieces around them. And I, uh, and then also they just aren't very efficient offensively when, when they start getting into their bench, but any um, gosh, I mean, any, any deals out there with Levert and, and Turner that, or some, even Sabonis that get back, a viable front court player to go with the other one and then a shooter. I know I'm just kind of throwing that out. You throwing that out at you guys, but that's kind of where I'm going with it. I, I, I would love to think that I had a deal ready to go too, but evidently I'm not prepared for my own damn podcast, but um, what anything like that strike your fancy, like is Derek white becoming a, a viable option? Let's see shoot <laughs> see what he shoots he's not a big he's not a high volume three-point shooter so he might not even be the answer i mean it sounds like eric gordon is on the market i mean is that somebody and yeah, Derek white's not the answer i mean certainly I, I look if the paces were were a little bit higher up in the standings and they were battling for a they were battling for a seven or six seed then yeah i gosh i mean i think eric i think ej would be great in that environment when I mean, he would even be a guy that, you know, what's Levert's 
contract status. Levert's contract uh, status is two years. Yeah, 17 and a half and 18.8. So, I mean, he would be two years left. They would, you know, Houston in that, in that situation would get, well, let's be clear on one thing. As much as Houston would get a little bit of cap relief in, in the final, you know, without having to have, they have Levert for two years versus, versus Gordon for three years. They, they, gave, they gave the Pacers Levert for an injured Oladipo. So I don't think they wanted – they definitely didn't want the contractual obligation of Levert when that deal was, when that deal was made. Uh, yeah, you know, the Jeremy, the Pacers are hopefully going in. I don't see an older player uh, making much sense. Um, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, your first question, though, I don't know – unless a team ponies up for Sabonis, I don't think there's going to be some amazing return for Turner or Levert, but my hope is that they can stockpile at least a couple picks and maybe get one young player that has promise, even if he's not taken off yet. You know, I mentioned the, who's the next Jermaine O'Neal type that not saying he's got to be a, a center, but like the guy that's not really playing somewhere that could explode. Um, that's a direction I think they should go. If there's no home run, moves but if i'm the pacers i'm trading one big i'm personally probably trading holiday as well i'm trading yeah. lamb i'm trading craig and i'm at least putting Levert out there to see what offers i get and i'm making multiple deals to you know clear up cap get at least one exciting piece back play the young guys the rest of the season get a top seven or eight pick hopefully higher and and then have a little money to spend and, and then who knows lambs at 10 million 10 and a half holidays at six for two years i would imagine that holiday would could easily go in a deal with with one of those guys if it could sweeten the pot back for the pacers craig's got a second year in his deal is there a contract the pacers could take the pacers are currently 21 under the over the cap is there a contract the pacers could take in that that a lamb, a holiday, you know, I they mean, talk about, linked, they talk being about linked this. to Fox, whether that was true or not. I mean, if it was true, then it shows they're at least willing to, to look at a potential player that has the money. Um, so if you, Gordon Hayward's always going to be linked here. Even yeah. Colin Sexton, if they want Levert, there's like, there's stuff, you know, maybe some smoke there, maybe not. But I See, do I think they would take someone back if it would if it made sense. I would not do Gordon in a Sabonis deal. I, I would figure out a way to make it work for Turner contractually, because that would be the thing there. Because Gordon's making in the thirty low thirties, Turner's still two years left at eighteen. I mean, it's nice that Gordon's been healthy. I mean, he's not been fully healthy, and it, and in fairness to Gordon, his injuries have been incident related. They've not been something that just sort of happens. Mm -hmm. uh you know and he's you feel bad for how his future changed when he went to boston in terms of just the bad luck he's endured since then but yeah i would i mean i'd like to see if they went the gordon route i would like it rather it be for turner than sabonis but i also see a world where the pacers take a chance on turner and because it's easier to find what it's easier to find that skilled four. I, I go back to Kuzma. Um, 
I, I think a deal with Washington for Sabonis could be could be a possibility. I don't know that I don't know that Avdia solves their their shooting issues or improves them, but Kuzma does, especially especially at the four spot. I think he's a really good piece next to next to Turner. And I would definitely need some enticement because I think that obviously Sabonis is a better player than, than Kuzma, but, but I think the Kuzma fits pretty nice. And he's, I mean, he's, he's really having a good year. I'm going to check his numbers to make sure I'm not completely stupid on that regard. I mean, I know he's having a good like fantasy basketball type year. I mean, is it 16 points a game close to nine rebounds a game? Steals and blocks are, are decent for what would be a secondary, you know, would, would be a secondary rim protector. Um, he is shooting 33% from the three-point line, which that would, you'd want that to improve. But again, from the four spot, you know, playing alongside again, maybe perhaps a healthy TJ Warren. Um, or right now, you know, you'd be playing alongside Justin Holiday. You know, I think that's, you know, that's a, that's not a bad way to go. Um, the Avdia piece, I'm going to check his numbers real quick. The Avdia piece, I'd like to see his per 36 on, on playmaking. You know, he's only, he's maybe not, I mean, the, from what I understand, Washington is reluctant to trade him. They would rather trade Hachimura than, than Avdia. Either you guys have a feeling on a, a gut on who you like better between those two. Yeah. I'd like to see what Ivy, Abby can do. Like, I think there's some real potential there. He's a really young guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm intrigued by that. If they were able to pull, pull the trigger on that trade. Like I still kind of prefer the idea of trying to move up in the lottery and, you know, pray that Jaden Ivy falls in our lap or something like that. Like a real guy who could change your franchise, but oh, you, think you know, so? of, of the other available things that are out there to me, the Kuzma, Abby, uh, you know, you're biting on the Ivy stuff, huh? Well, I just, I don't know. That's a whole nother discussion, but I like, there's nobody out there right now. That's like a franchise changer. I mean, some of these rookies come in and you, you know, my son and I were talking last night, you see what a guy like Jay Moran or somebody like that comes to your franchise. I mean, it changes everything. Like, sure. it's just, it's hard to get a guy like that just trying to make trades. We're know? not going to, but the Pacers aren't going to bottom out to the point where they get, where they have good odds to get that high in the lottery. I mean, they're going to have to get lucky, which yeah. in the way the system's set up now is easier than it used to be. Yeah. Um, but they're also not going to be able to use some of these trade assets like a lamb who has an expiring contract or, or, you know, a Tory Craig who could be a good defender on a team that compete, you know, that's competing uh, you know, they're not going to be able to throw some of those assets to teams that have better lottery picks. That would be the only the only deterrent there. I don't know. I, I guess I wouldn't. And the Fox thing, Tyler, would to me, that's got to be paired with a Brogdon deal. Not that they would be in the same deal, but it would have to be. There would have to be almost simultaneous moves because we've seen all too often where. You create log jams. And then you automatically diminish the value of, of the other player you're trying to get rid of because they know you're trying to get rid of him. And they can't yeah, trade Brogdon. Brogdon can't be traded, but uh, I do not think. The, it, yeah, not until the yeah. end of the year. Yeah, if they were to, to bring in a point guard, 
Um, that would make sense definitely at that point. And Brogdon does Pacers, Pacers could pick maybe as high as like fifth and like a Darius Garland type was picked fifth. Yeah. He's popping yeah. off. So there's a, there's a chance, you know, if they're in that five to five to seven, hopefully they don't slip to eight or nine, but. I, uh, and the Ivy thing, I guess I just have issues where I'm, I'm curious as to, you know, I think he turns it over a lot, <laughs> um, but I'm not a hundred percent sure I'm, I'm in on his shooting at, at, at the NBA range. I could be, I mean, I just could be dead wrong on that. Um, but I know he puts in the time. So if it was just yeah. a question of honing it and tweaking it, uh, he would probably figure out a way to get it done. I mean, I think his shot mechanics are good. So it's not like he's, he's out there just shooting around like he's skeet shooting blindfolded, but he's, um, you know, he's, um, I don't know. I guess I haven't looked that deep in the draft beyond what, what everybody thinks the top three or four. I would love to get Jabari Smith. <laughs> I find myself doing that a lot though, to college players, even some IU players in the past of like, uh, you know, you see the mistakes and like, I just don't see it. But you know, one thing to consider as well is once they get into the, when it becomes their profession, you know, the, exactly. absolutely who they're, who they're working with and how they continue to grow. And so I would, well, no. I'd be intrigued by, rooting for a boilermaker in that one regard <laughs> yeah i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't have a problem getting soaked up in it i mean i've i love duarte the pick i love that pick you know the one year you know every i always kind of tweet out the, in the draft who i want who i don't want uh duarte was pretty high on that list um i think he was second and i'd have to even look at it before i i think whoever was first went ahead before the pacers pick so very pleased with duarte um you know obviously if ivy it was not like one of those things where just i would questioning it i'd still root like heck for him but he's you know he's a super kid and it'd be nice to have another you know we're always about those indiana connections right we we booed the pacers and they didn't take alford but um you know the, the reggie miller thing ended up being a pretty good idea so yeah. but that's that's not something that's you know necessarily comparable now but yeah i would like to you know maybe revisit this this aspect of it when the season comes i know Tyler's probably got a bump up to a deadline. Steve, you're bumping up to the end of your lunch lunch break, aren't you? Yeah, I got. I could go up to five more minutes. But that's five more it. minutes. Yeah. Tyler and I have already recorded a, the rest of the NBA segment that we're going to lump on at the end of this. But Tyler, any uh, let's let's move on real quick. Any good fake Ben Simmons trades? I was wondering how fake you wanted to go because I could see you know Ben Simmons to the Tune Squad for. Yosemite Sam and a second round pick. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that more we would do that. <laughs> I think Yosemite Sam is a secondary character. I don't think he's. I don't yeah. think he's an all star. Uh, I don't. Trying I think to save that, that cap money. I think he. Yeah, and yeah, he would. And Yosemite Sam has a very big cap, so I think that uh, I think that would be a non-starter. But any. Uh, I know Steve's. Steve said he had it narrowed down to like six trades. I do. Ben Simmons. But Tyler, you had did you have any fake Ben Simmons trades? I keep coming back for some reason to like a big three or four team deal where he actually ends up in Atlanta and like John Collins on the move. Maybe yeah. even, uh, uh, Russell is on the move for Minnesota if they get involved. Tobias Harris for money. Um, there's so many out there. I, I, st I mean, 
for them to keep talking about him for Harden in the summer, but I'm still like, unless if they're for sure that's going to happen, then maybe. But otherwise, how can you waste this season for Joel Embiid and and not get him something? So do you want do you want fat bald Harden next year for Ben Simmons? <laughs> well, it's either Ben Simmons doesn't play or you get Harden. Like I know, Simmons but... to Simmons to Brooklyn to would make a lot of sense. He doesn't have to shoot. And, he can just pass and defend, but I think the first thing he does when he gets traded is just fu ends up being like a thirty-five percent three-point shooter somewhere else. <laughs> it's just all we find out all along. He just hated Embiid, and while he wasn't tanking, it was just like you know what? Fine, you'd be that guy that shoots those threes and look look bad. I don't know, but yeah, I don't have Steve. Give us a good fake Ben Simmons trade. Give us give us a good trade, and we'll see where 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 this takes us. Well, I'll give you an idea of some of the other ones I was thinking about. Uh, there's one with the Bulls where uh, Lonzo Ball and some other guys could be involved. I love Tyler Hero, so the Miami thing intrigues me, but I don't really think Miami should do it. But a scenario where you would send Hero and Lowry uh, yeah, to him Philly. And, uh, I don't think Philly would. Yeah, I don't, yeah and they wouldn't do the, the out-of-bottle the out of bio piece with Simmons wouldn't would be a non-starter just because I think offensively they're similar and defensively they're both really good. Just I think out of bios, I mean, Simmons could guard anybody in a, in a pinch and out of bio probably could guard anybody in a pinch too, but that you're talking about yeah. two non-shooters at that point, but some, some other ones there, I got one with uh where they'd swap with the Mavericks, Jalen Brunson would be involved in that, a, a real player that's on the rise. But here's the two to really think about, okay? Yeah. So they would send Simmons and Paul Reed to the Pistons. They'd get back. Well, and uh, Jaden Springer, and they'd get back. Um, Jeremy Grant, uh, Saqib Bay, Killian Hayes, and a first-round pick. Hmm. Would you do that trade? Is Grant that top line player, Tyler? Is he that um, all star caliber ish? I mean, he's, he's having a good year I, on a bad team. Yeah, I think he'd be a good second or third option. I don't see being the guy, but I mean, well, I think he scenario, would, maybe second or third. Yeah, I think if he was with Embiid, he wouldn't go in there thinking, hey, I got to be number one. I mean, I. I mean, he would be an interesting two-way player. You're, you're saying, you're saying, Steve. You're saying Grant, Sadiq Bay, Killian Hayes, Killian Hayes, and a first-round pick. I wonder if they made it Isaiah Stewart instead of Killian Hayes. Well, just Hayes. You know, with what they've got going on there, I think he's going to end up kind of being the odd man out. You know, you oh, put sure. him in that that backcourt with Maxi. I mean, that could be your backcourt of the future. I, you know, I obviously I I would love to think Hayes could be that guy. I mean, I I liked him coming into the draft, clearly. <laughs> um, but he's he's been the the Stewart piece. The Stewart piece interests me because I think ultimately he ends up being a multi-year backup to Embiid that maybe Andre Drummond won't be. Yeah. Him instead of Hayes. I think you've got Seth Curry, you've got Maxi, 
you'd you'd be adding Sadiq Bay. You know, you'd be adding Sadiq Bay and Jeremy Grant. That's two wings, basically. Uh, although, I mean, Grant's sort of more of a pure forward. Bay is sort of that swing wing where he can. I mean, I don't know who entirely he can guard just yet, because again, he's not been on a good team. But he's he's a nice young player. He definitely outplayed his draft position. But uh, that's that's not a bad core. I I think the key would be is that enough up top with Grant because Sadiq Bay is the second the second guy in that deal. Well, uh, he definitely a nice young player who shoots it pretty well. Let me check how well he shoots it. Um, who is it? Oh, Detroit. Dang on it. Sadiq Bay shoots it at. Let's see. He is. 33%, from three on a bad team. You could probably carve off a few shots, probably at the end of a shot clock where he's the, he's the guy that's forced to shoot it up because, mm-hmm. and maybe some of that goes away with Cade Cunningham being there, but, but I know Sadiq Bay was, you know, especially last year was, you know, he was kind of their, their surprise story and, a, and kind of a little bit of a go-to guy there for a while, but um. I, well, I got one. One more. I, I got one more that I like even better. Okay. But Sacramento says they're done. So yeah, that's we'll true. See. That's all right. We don't care what they but, say uh, right now. We're. But you send Simmons and Tobias Harris, Jaden Springer to the Kings. They get back the Aaron Fox, Harrison Barnes, Buddy Heald, and uh, a first round pick this year and a first round pick in twenty twenty four. Hmm. So it's it's. It's Fox, who they would have with Maxi. Yep, that's a killer backcourt. Well, they probably wouldn't play together a lot because, I mean, Barnes has postseason experience. See, another I think he, veteran, and, and I think Heald there, Tyler. If you put Heald in a position where he's surrounded by good defenders, and Fox isn't a great defender, but if you put you put Fox in a situation where he cares. And you put Heald in a situation where he cares, and there's and there's good defenders on the floor around him. Does does his fact that he's a poor defender does that get diminished in your mind? I don't think it would hurt too much. I mean, surrounded there and and uh, just that environment. People, and now you're so many players that just uh, I'm on a contender now. Okay, I'm going to play defense as we talked about earlier. So yeah, I think I think because, they they could cover for that. Because it's not like Seth Curry is a plus defender. And I don't think he's out there getting embarrassed. You know, now maybe when it comes to playoff time and, and you really need to get a stop, is, is Curry the dude you're going to have guarding the ball? They're going to be ball screening their way into, into matchups. But, but um, I don't know. Those, those are good trades. The Sacramento stuff has been out there. But, yeah, like you said, Steve, Sacramento's already sort of opted out of that. So. Jim, I got to head cool. back to some training, but uh, All right, good Steve. to see you guys today. All right, appreciate it, man. Good talking to you, Steve. All right, Tyler and I are now going to talk about the rest of the NBA, right? I mean, what type of trade narratives we think are out there. We, we talked a little bit of beforehand about five narratives. I, four of them I'm just going to throw up out front just because if there, there probably will be some overlap. I know one of them just overlaps. Even my two of my scenarios overlap themselves just in general. But for me, it's I'm looking at Eric Gordon, where he ends up. 
just because I guess he's an Indiana guy. Um, <laughs> for probably the same reasons, the Indiana connections, I'm looking to see what Boston does uh, during this trade deadline. Uh, then, then Dame Lillard. Uh, on the assumption that let's let's pretend he's healthy. You know, let's pretend he's he's full go. I, I think that's more fun than just saying you know. Same with Miles Turner. We've you know we'll we've already we've talked about some scenarios with him, but uh, let's assume he's healthy. And then and then what Charlotte does at the center position, uh, outside of a presumed healthy Miles Turner, but his injury obviously will play a role in in other decisions they have. What what are some of the scenarios? you had set up well similar to you i think when you look at whether it's you know being from from indiana or, or also even looking at former pacers like i would love to see uh thad young end up on a contender um yeah. would love to see you know eric gordon end up on a contender i know that i think the milwaukee bucks are kind of after him maybe they're after uh robert covington um they'd have to trade another indiana connection george hill probably to make yeah. it work money wise yeah. but I just think some of those storylines, um, just seeing where guys fit, because sometimes those are the the big end up being the, the biggest deals. You know, kind of the glue guys, guys off the bench. Uh, maybe the team's already set, but they're one piece away, and they make kind of an interesting deal that flies under the radar a little bit, and that ends up being just a massive addition come playoff time. So we 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 talked a little bit before we hit record about. I don't know that any of these ideas, at least from my end, are, are original to me. Um, I listen to so many podcasts. They, they've either given me ideas or confirmed some things that I've been thinking. Like the Thad Young talk I've heard quite a bit. What, Where do you think he goes and makes the most impact? He, he's view, I guess every time I hear his name mentioned up, he's viewed as like somebody who can guard Giannis. So where does he go? Do you, do you agree with that or and, and if you do, even if you don't, where does he go to make the most impact? That would be interesting because, yeah, I remember him doing pretty well. Of course, that was uh, that was before Giannis really, really exploded. He was obviously incredible. Uh, but Thad did as good a job as you can possibly do, I guess, in those years. Um, but but I actually, was, uh, that's been a few years ago, though, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and, you know, Thad has aged himself, and he's still right. a solid, solid player, but actually uh, was seeing him linked to Phoenix um, and I'm, I'm not sure exactly what they'd have to give up or if it would work, but um, that would be fun to me because, you know, Phoenix was once again, my pick out of the West and uh, to see him get that chance, they're like 40 and nine right now. And um, some, some fans uh, and some experts think that Phoenix will stand pat, but that could be one of those, those fun moves out East though. That would be interesting. Um, I'm not sure. He's already been part of the, the Bulls, so it wouldn't be there. Yeah, I doubt he, they would um, go to – would he be allowed to be traded back to them this year? Or wait, where was he last year? Was, was he with Spurs for – he's with Spurs for two, or is it – yeah, something I – can't, I can't remember now. I don't yeah, know I if don't, Brooklyn makes sense, so, I mean, who else? Well, I've heard him link to Brooklyn. I've heard him link to the Heat. Um, You know, and a lot of that is, again, viewed as some sort of – not a Giannis stopper, but a Giannis container, somebody that yeah. another body that matches up with him laterally, I guess, and that he can't just bully in the low post, I mean, which physically he probably I'm, as can't. As I'm thinking about it, 
you know, I guess Phoenix would make sense because they, they see themselves in the finals, you know, playing uh, Milwaukee. So I think, yeah, the same vein, I think Phoenix absolutely makes sense. But then I was looking at some of their stuff later um, as to what would they do? I think, and maybe, maybe we'll get to them later. Cause that's kind of my sort of fifth storyline is what will the mm-hmm. contenders do? Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess we're bleeding into the heat here a little bit too, but I look at what Phoenix has to offer. And I don't think that, I mean, you're talking about contracts and, and maybe Young's contract. I, I guess I was looking at Phoenix in terms of like a big, like a big deal. Or was there a guy they could bring in that would be like a, you know, normally would be a starter, but be a, would be a rotation guy down the stretch off the bench. What contracts would they have? I don't know that contractually they have a lot of great matches out without breaking up their core. I mean, Sarich has a two years deal or a second year left on his deal. I don't know that anybody would want to absorb his contract. Um, you know, and it's not a huge deal, but it's still eight and a half million that I just caught. And I, you know, I don't Jalen Smith. I, I doubt he has any trade value to anybody that would, would give up a, a quality player. Um, and his contract isn't huge. Um, Sorry, I've got a. I was just getting a text message regarding my grandmother, so I'm going to make sure it wasn't an emergency. Um, but yeah, we and we can get to Thad later because if because um, I would agree with you that any of those former Pacers, I think from that perspective, you know, since my web since my this podcast covers Indiana basketball, I would think that most of our listeners would would be attuned to what an ex Pacer would do. But where Eric Gordon, where would you like to see him go? I mean, I've got two obvious spots, but. Um, I think I was trying to think if there was who else besides uh, who else besides Milwaukee. Of course, it's an interesting year with the Pacers being completely out of it. It's, you know, you, you kind of treat it differently. Like beforehand, I would say, like, no, I don't want Milwaukee to get any additional piece. But <laughs> um, with the Pacers being out, it's kind of fair game and kind of takes the pressure off of the trade deadline in that regard. Just like, yeah, let's, let's, uh, let's get wild with some of these deals. Um, but that was the one. The you one saw him, you've of, seen him linked in Milwaukee. I guess I've not seen him linked in Milwaukee yet. Yeah. It's not a ton, but I think, I think um, CBS sports had something linked to it. Um, and I know it had some, it had to do with the, the George Hill package to make the money work. And they're like, even then it's, it's kind of, iffy if milwaukee can make it work but well hills uh, hills would... making four gordon's making 18 two yeah so it was like hill and and i can't remember the other name now if you're talking but... what about like a dante di vincenzo because that would actually be a value contract for well he's, he's in the last year of his contract so he would have to get a he would have to get an extension to stick with houston but he would be a restricted free agent, would he not? I think that's right. I mean, this is still his rookie contract. So if you went with if you went with George Hill to make the contract work, Dante DiVincenzo, they'd still have yeah, to throw in. Yeah. They still yeah, have to throw in eight million. 13 million. Yeah. Well, Houston's under the cap though, aren't they? Do we know that? Um nope. I thought they were. Yeah, this CBS is Lopez. Defense combined to make roughly 18. So yeah, they're throwing Lopez. So 
Yeah, they're not under the enough. cap because they have John Wall at forty-four million. I forgot about him. So they're twenty. Yeah, they're twenty million. They're twenty million above the cap. They're three three point seven million below the tax. Houston is the, the you're the worst team in the NBA, or at least one of the worst teams in the NBA. That's you know, I'd be curious if they can get off wall, but. Oh, they're, so they're throwing Brooke, Brooke Lopez in that deal. I mean, that would work. Yeah, Lopez and, and DiVincenzo. Lopez and DiVincenzo would work straight up. I mean, that to make would make her in a Gordon. Yep. Yeah, that would be the money would match. For those that listen to my podcast, Tyler, of course, you know, much of what he does is NBA centric and, or well, Pacer centric, but, but at the NBA level, you've got to come within what, 25% of either direction money wise. Yeah, and I mentioned too before we started. That's the toughest thing for me because you know I'm also used to a ton of you know baseball and uh, you know fantasy yeah. and you know trades and all this stuff, and it's so much easier in Major League Baseball to make trades work. And I wish at least the NBA would allow where you can eat a portion of salaries. Like, hey, this guy makes thirteen. We'll eat seven of it. You get him for six. Um, but you just can't really do stuff like that. So it's making the salaries work is a lot more tricky. I like Bill Simmons's idea of adopting, adopting some sort of in-season percentage discount in terms of the cap, but that would just make trades. That would make trades a lot easier, but that'll also help out the haves again versus the have-nots. I guess it, you know, part of being a big market team is, you know, you you spend more maybe. Uh, you, that cap, giving that extra cap flexibility, I think would be an unfair advantage just from a market perspective. I mean, hell, I, I love trades. I mean, you, you can ask Steve, he, he and I are in the same league. We've got a 30 year keeper league that he's, this is his second or third year in it. I'm by far the most active in terms of trades. Uh, I just yeah. love doing it. I love, it's, it's like the trade deadlines like Christmas for me. So yeah, it's like, why are you playing? If you're not going to make trades and I play well, with some guys, it's like, they just sit there. I'm like, come on now. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And if we ever get another, we get another opening, you're welcome in. But um, yeah, Lopez and, you know, DiVincenzo would be a value contract because I think he's young enough where he would fit the timetable for, you know, maybe a Jalen green, you know, if, if they view him as somebody that they can win with, Obviously, Singoon is somebody that that I like. Um, I, I should I say obviously, and I don't know that I've ever had that discussion out loud, but um, he is somebody I like. I, I would love to see Gordon with a contender. I mean, I had Gordon. I have Gordon to Cleveland. Um, I also have Gordon to Boston. And yeah. uh, the the Cleveland one's pretty clear cut. Rubio, his expiring contract, knee injuring and all, and a, a second round pick forget which one i've got got him tabbed for they've got a they've got a weird pick i say a weird pick it's just not their own pick they have um hold on here where is it that would be interesting i i wonder if uh sexton ends up staying in cleveland because you know rubio is the big the big prize in a, in a trade well, or if they make multiple or if they package them they could move both those guys really from a Cleveland perspective because and the, and the only deal with Sexton would be is two things. One, do you believe he's an actual point guard or can you pair him with a bigger point guard? Like he would work in Oklahoma. Well, no, they've got Giddy. Like he would have worked in Oklahoma city alongside Shea Gilgis Alexander just because of the length. 
Um, he could possibly be a guy that, although I don't know if that would be any better defensively, he would be a guy that could play alongside Halliburton if they, if there was some sort of move there, um, you know, it, getting rid of their point guard. Not, not that it would be the same deal, not that they were trading to Cleveland. But, yeah, I had Gordon going to Cleveland for, uh, where is that pick at? Uh, I had a, hold on a second. I had it going to Cleveland for, it was Cleveland trading Gordon or trading um, Rubio's contract and then oh just their or the Spurs second round pick this year they they own the Spurs second round pick which would be somewhere in the neighborhood of the top six or seven in the second round with the way the Spurs are playing this year but I mean that to me is a pretty fair contract they would get two years of cap relief or two years of contract relief from Gordon because Gordon's got three he's got two years after this year remaining whereas Rubio expires this year so there would be some financial motivation there uh, I know when Furtado took over that team, he was definitely a glorified tight wad, which I don't know how you spend billions of dollars on an NBA team and then decide to be a tight wad. But yeah, um, I guess COVID hit some of his other businesses pretty hard. But, but at the same time, getting off of Gordon's contract when you're how you're near the tax is, is probably an asset. In a lot of instances, Houston would have to give a pick away with Gordon, right? I mean, it's that's the NBA way now. They pay people to take contracts off your books. I mean, that's how yeah. Pacers got TJ Warren. I mean, he was literally a gift. Yeah. Um, my Boston deal was a Boston. See, my Boston deal was Langford. Um, that that would be fun. Yeah, there, there's the other there's another Indiana connection. It was Josh Richardson. Romeo Langford and a 2024 first round pick top three protected. This, this fan site is pretty cool. Fanspo.com is where I'm getting uh, is where I'm is the trade machine I'm using. And they have some pretty neat tools to, to, you know, to illustrate deals. So that's where I'm looking at right now. And you can add pick protections to the to your graphic or to you know to whatever your trade scenarios are it's kind of neat but yeah i had obviously their con the the value there is them getting the first round pick and the possibility of romeo romeo would have one year left on his contract they would get a chance to look at him you know whether or not he fits alongside jalen green i don't know that might be the one thing that i didn't take into consideration but those would be the two places that i have that I'd like to see Gordon go. Not that I wouldn't like to see him go to Milwaukee. I think anywhere he could be successful and, and, and possibly have some playoff success. Yeah. Um, you know, the Celtics, it may not be this year, but I mean, look, they need shooting and him was smart. You know, him was smart. Jalen Brown and, and, and um, Jason Tatum, even if they were to bring him off the bench, they they'd still would have several rotations playing those four guys together. Easily playing those four guys together with one big. You know, even if he wasn't a starter there, I, I think having his shooting is something Boston's not had for for quite a while. Yeah, I'm really intrigued by what Boston does. I think the the teams I'm looking at the most would be Boston, 
Philly, Sacramento. You got a couple contenders and and then the Kings, all these assets that haven't really worked together. Is it, you know, could we see a monster three, four team deal? Can we see Sacramento making multiple deals? And then I think you're going to have some teams that are going to end up standing pat whether they want to or not, because there's a lot of buyers, you know, there's not really a whole lot of sellers, but if there's all these buyers, you know, not enough to go around except for maybe some minor deals. So that's, That's why the next the, week and a half is going to be incredibly interesting. Who strikes first and does it, you know, set off kind of a, a domino effect? That's been the one. The one thing that's hurt trades is the, the play in tournament, which I like. Has made more teams. Buyers and fewer teams sellers. And I think you'll see them. The, the net effect of that will be maybe fewer trades or trades were where maybe somebody gets a little bit priced out of the, you know, priced out of a deal, or maybe somebody just flat out overpays. Um, I was looking at trade Reddit, basically, whatever you want to call it, NBA trade Reddit. And there's some crazy, obviously those are just fans. And we're, I mean, in my case, I'm no different, but hopefully I like to make, I always want to know what, you know, I always want to make trades that both sides would consider or else you could just go in, you know, you go all kind of places. And of course, everybody has us given up some bonus for pennies in the dollar, but um, I always try to make fair deals. And it's, it's interesting to see all these first round picks flying around all these proposed trades by fans. They, they, I know sometimes we think the GMs are treating them like candy, but, but at the same time, they still have value. And I, I think Houston could get a piece could get a couple of pieces. They get the Langford piece, get a chance to look at him. They get that first round pick and get off of Gordon's contract. I think that would be something that would interest them. But any other, uh, what, what's another scenario for you that, that you think is going to happen or you want to happen? A couple that are interesting. Uh, just trying to figure out where uh, Jeremy Grant's going to go. Yeah. Could it be? Could it be the Bulls? Could it be the Knicks? Um, I saw him link to the Jazz, but they're not sure if they have enough to, to get anything done. And then uh, another one that has kind of picked up steam a little bit that is interesting, because I mentioned, you know, actually, I, I can't remember if I mentioned it or not, but Portland being an interesting team, they got like five guys they could trade, but um, could the Pelicans make a run at McCollum? And really with the, uh, with the eye on next year, yeah, um, which I, I personally like when teams do that. If they they feel like this is not really a buy now move for this season, we're looking at next season, but we're also not selling everybody because we feel like, you know, if the Pelicans, for example, get Williamson back and they got if they end up you know hanging on to Ingram and then they they add a shooter like McCollum to that, that would be interesting for next season. So that's how the Pacers have kind of operated, right? Over the have, years, they have at times. Yeah, I mean because that's. I've often heard them say, and I've, you know, just attached to other teams in, in other medium and small markets. I've heard them say, this is our free agency. You know, again, TJ Warren, that was their free agent pickup was landing him being, being gifted him. And um, yeah, the McCollum piece, cause I'm going the other way. Cause, okay. So Lillard's one of my scenarios where, and it, it's not too involved. It's, pretty straight up. I, I have not been, I've always felt Lillard was overrated. 
I've always felt McCollum was underrated. Not that I, I, I've always thought, I mean, I've thought that Lillard has been better than McCollum, but I still think that the difference between those two isn't that great. I could be wrong on that. Maybe Lillard gets into a shot a little bit easier, but I've always felt that he gives up as much on defense as he gets on offense. And to me, a Lillard for Simmons deal. I mean, if I'm Philly, I'm looking at, look, Lillard's not been a winner. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's, he's from a playoff perspective. He's gotten past what the first round once. Am I, is that right? Do you know offhand? It sounds right. I, I mean, he, uh, of course, they got to the conference yeah. finals that year, but it's, it, yeah, I think that's right. I think they've been, they've been past the first round once when he's been there. Now, you can't just pin it on him, but that's just, if he was really one of the top 10 players in the league or top 15 players in the league, he, you'd think he would be able to propel them a little bit more consistently. You look at how he performed with the with the uh, world the World Cup team, the FIBA the FIBA Cup team. He was not good during that situation, you know, during those games. Certainly not consistent. I've I've thought a whole long if I'm trading Simmons to Portland for Lillard, if I'm Philly, I'm not giving up a whole lot more. And my thinking there is is that even though I think he's a poor defender, you put him with other good defenders like Ty Bolton. And and Embiid, when he's healthy, is a, is a good defender. Uh, you you put him in a situation where he's got other guys around him. Where Portland's just a team full of mediocre defenders as it is, makes him look worse. Um, I mean, that would be the only give for me on maybe maybe Philly would know that Lillard would look better defensively in their system than he would in Portland's system. So maybe they would be willing to give up another piece. But I, I'm some of the stuff they're talking about, like with Simmons. I know we're we're not really doing Simmons centric stuff here, but some of the stuff they talk about with what, multiple draft picks for Lillard along with Simmons. I'm just like, I, I just wouldn't do that if I was Philly. I don't think Lillard. I, I don't. I guess all it would take would be like one big moment for him to make it worth it, right? But, but um, yeah, no, he's obviously hit some big shots. I think, but. Um, you know, if he he's got a Joel Embiid on his team, and uh, you know, just he would in that conference. yeah, he would in that scenario yeah. absolutely. Now, okay, so you're so then back to your McCollum point. Where do you see that going with New Orleans? I mean, I've not seen that. And this is the cool part of doing this is, you know, you're you're reading different things than I am, or listening to different things than I am. I've not heard that McCollum to New Orleans piece. What what are they talking about, or what do you think? What do you think that deal looks like? I'm trying to, I thought I had one of these articles pulled up, um, but I, I scrolled up now I'm trying to find it again. Um, I just, it just struck my, struck my attention because of the fact of, um, you know, they really see like kind of a three headed monster for next season, not this year. Um, let's see if it was on this piece. Who's the third head. If they give up, you're talking about not giving up Ingram. Yeah. Yeah. If there, there was a way in this scenario to keep him and then get Zion back next year. And then, uh, I mean, McCollum makes McCollum makes thirty million, so it would probably have to involve Josh Hart, uh, who makes yeah, twelve. Josh, Josh Hart centric pack, package has been rumored, probably isn't enough according to this article. Um, let's see. I mean, given any names, they would have to do that now and throw in Sadaransky. Now that's twenty two million, and then either. Uh, Balanchunas or Jackson Hayes. Let's see. 
yeah, I don't know if Portland would take 14 million Valachunas when they already have Nurkic. Although Nurkic yeah, see, that's is another thing is free Nurkic, Nurkic believes he said recently he doesn't think he's going to be traded, but that's another thing. If you end up trading him um, to to open that up, um, that's why some of these teams, Portland and the Kings, uh, Pacers, hopefully, you know, some other teams that if they make multiple moves, that as a whole makes sense. Um, that's why it gets as you get closer to you know the couple of days before the deadline. If a team hadn't made a deal, and it's like, or if you see one happen, and it's like, okay, this may make more sense after part two that's coming if it does come. Um, Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker, Thomas Sadoransky. That's fifteen point two million. I'm sorry, that's twenty five point two million for CJ McCollum at 30 million, th that works contractually. Yeah. I mean, that would be, they would get Hart and Nikhil Alexander Walker, who definitely can, both those guys can help Portland. That makes them longer on the wings than what they have been. Hart's a good defender. I don't know if, if Alexander Walker's a good defender or not. I know he's been disappointing this year, but I think he, at 23, he's still a decent prospect. Um, how, you know, they could... Portland, if they're looking to reshuffle the deck a little bit, could end up. Well, you're putting. Um, you're you're putting. Um, shoot, who's freaking? What's his name? Norman Powell to two. And now you're playing hard at the three, so you're, you're bigger than what you have been in, in the on the perimeter. Still undersized, probably, because again, six foot three inch shooting guard. Definitely better defensively. And if Alexander Walker can develop, you know, now you've got that piece off the bench or you got Powell off the bench. Uh, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's not bad. I, I know at one point I had McCallum and <laughs> Larry Nance going for Simmons, but Nance has sucked this year. So that kind of stinks. I think we all like Nance better coming into the year than we did. Yeah than we do now. I don't know what the deal has been there. My other thing with Lillard is look at, look at what, look at what Simons is doing with, with all his minutes. I don't, has there been that big of a drop off? Probably not. I mean, especially this year, Lillard was, especially uh, this, especially yeah. this year. I mean, yeah, Lillard things... was dealing with some stuff and, and speaking of fantasy basketball, I snatched uh, Simons up uh, pretty early there, which I'm, I'm enjoying, but, uh, See, we've got a deep league, so it's – I mean, we've got 20, 23 to 26-man rosters, depending on what you do with your with your rookie – we call them exempts, what you, you do got with like exempts. even somebody snatch up Isaiah Jackson for, for one big game to see if he plays more, like yeah, that, that kind of he, deep. He's been in our – yeah, he's been owned for like a month. Hmm. And I think he's been owned a couple of times. And as long as you don't activate him, then you can kind of exempt him at the end of the year. So – in, during their rookie year, that is, and then you can exempt them for a couple of years. So we we allow we we have rules that let teams build through the draft. So, um, yeah, so yeah, Isaiah Jackson's been had almost you know off and on the whole year. So and the McCollum piece is interesting. I don't know where else. I mean, I look if I was Philly, I would have had a deal set up for McCollum. You know, I would have had a deal set up for McCollum and Nance. Now maybe that doesn't look good because Nance has battled injuries all year. But I, you know, maybe a third piece 
you know, they probably could have gotten Simons put in that deal. And now here they brought in th- two guys who can really shoot it and Nance who can guard multiple positions. I don't, to me, that would have been the good pre preseason deal. I don't think yeah. that's a deal that goes down now. Um, because Portland's not in I, it. You know, I know we'll, we touch on uh, Simmons and, and, um, in different ways, but it's like Philly, you know, the, the reports that came out a couple weeks ago about how they, they may want to hold on to him and, and trade him for Harden in the summer. But it's like, right. are you really going to waste a MVP level season from Embiid when you're right there? Oh, that's like, a big, uh, yeah, that's a huge narrative and, right now. Just in the standings, they're just. Well, and again, for everybody, we're recording out a sequence here. So this is like the back half, but we're recording it first. So we've, you will have already heard a lot of Pacer talk and, and probably some. That's why we're also avoiding the Pacers because we're we're going to record it later, but play it first. But um, yeah, they're a half game out. The Sixers are half game out in the East. Geez. And you got Embiid playing out of his mind. You know, he's, he's so good. And it's like, are you not going to get him the help because you see something better in the summer? Like, why not? Not only, you know, uh, I think McCollum or somebody like that would be a huge addition for their you yeah. know, chances this year and beyond. You would think so. I don't know what the other piece is, though, coming with them. I don't think they're going to go the Covington route again. You know, I don't. Do they change think... their tune as we get closer to the deadline? Well, yeah. Playing hardball. And then as they get closer, like, all right, we got to make this deal. Well, I, you know, again, the NBA guys for the ringer, they talk about the two wild cards in this scenario are Josh Harris, the owner, and Joel Embiid. You know, what they start chirping, you know, they start talking to to um, Mari, uh, Mori, sorry. Do they start talking to him and say, hey, this this is a hell of a window we're, we're wasting now. But I think you look at that, you look at how Seth Curry has played, and and really look at how Maxi's played. That's the other thing. I people that was the other deal with back. I don't think we we will have already talked about this yet. But that's the other thing with the, the Simmons for Lillard deal. They're just giving away Maxi. I don't. I like Maxi. I, I think he's got to be a, a young piece. They got to keep. Yeah. Um. I don't know. To me, McCollum was always the better play. The, the more practical play, and, and you know, I guess if you're an NBA GM with a, a player of the talent of Simmons, you don't you don't worry about practicality too much. But um, yeah, McCollum to to New Orleans is is intriguing because of what you're talking about. It's not really a deal for this year; it's a deal for when they're really healthy. I think then they got to move off Graham because you end up in the same situation you had in Portland with McCollum, where you've got him and. Lillard, you have him and Graham. Graham's an even worse defender than Lillard. And, you know, none of those pieces defensively are any, you know, or any, hell, Ingram's probably the best defender <laughs> of that bunch. Uh, Williamson, Zion hasn't proven anything defensively yet. But is there a narrative you've got that we have, we've not touched, another narrative we've not touched on? Um, because I've still got the big one, which yeah, kind mean, of involves Jeremy Grant. I say the big one. Yeah. I shouldn't say the big one. I should say the vague one. I've got the vague scenario at the end here, but but it kind of – it does involve Jeremy Grant. So, I think, obviously, like, you know, the Lakers, they've – we've been hearing about Horton Tucker for, like, months getting dealt, yeah. and now it's like 
a lot of people say nobody wants him, and then you That's have a, well, maybe maybe he would fit for a Buddy Heald type swap or something, yeah, <laughs> along those know. lines. But I was but looking I, at just the standings because when you first talk about like the play-in teams, like do they really want to give up a bunch and and try to go for it when it's more than likely a first-round loss after the play-in? Right. So there's actually some some intrigue here when you're looking at like the Hornets and the Celtics, and if the Hawks make a big move. Um, you know, with their playoff little mini run last year. And then out West, you got Los Angeles Lakers, who I don't think is going anywhere, but you can see why they'd be intrigued if they can finally have LeBron and, and Davis and then some, an impact, you know, deal um, to try to make some moves, but it's. Well, there, you know, the, have you heard the, the Westbrook for wall stuff again? Yeah, I heard that. I was hearing that last week. Based on wall, but just being the better shooter and, maybe a more willing cutter, you know, more willing mover without the basketball, which, you know, that's kind of, I don't know. I've never been a huge Westbrook guy when it comes to actually winning. I've always thought he's had a lot of empty calories in his stats. Um, I've been a much bigger wall guy over the years and just unfortunately. Prime John Wall was unbelievable. It was fantastic. Maybe it's wild Um, to think of that of being years ago for some people, but just watch some of those highlights and you're thinking, what that guy could have been with a little more health. Maybe still Charlotte, got some left in him. Charlotte's quest for a center. We, we've probably already talked in depth about their Miles Turner interest. So let's say they decide we're not going to go that route because he's injured. I've got three guys they could look at. One of them's Nurkic, and we've already kind of talked about a little bit. He's in the last year of his contract. That would definitely be a play for this year and, and maybe to get his bird rights. Uh, Mitch Robb from the Knicks, you know, again, with, with how good they are offensively at other positions, I think the fact that, that Robinson's a non-issue is like, he would be a good, all right, a good rim run guy, right? He would be a really good player for LaMelo, right? He could definitely be a lob guy. Yeah. And then Mo Bamba from Orlando. Yeah. Um, But, but then that's just me because thinking eventually Jonathan Isaacs will come back and play. Right. And they'll have him and Wendell Carter and, and, and Steve will tell you that I somehow still like Jonathan Isaac. I'm not sure what I'm doing there, but, (laughs) but um, yeah, maybe a scenario if they went, uh, if they went the Christian Wood route and maybe they can hold on to PJ Washington. Um, But if they, if if Washington's involved in some other deals, then it, He's probably probably would have to go if it was um, well maybe not Mitchell Robinson but definitely in the like Mo Bamba type swap or yeah you would, Turner swap you would think Washington would would be in that in those discussions from Charlotte's angle I I, I the the thing with Christian Wood is he's just such a god awful defender I mean he's he's terrible and I mean in, in the worst way and maybe part of it is just because of the what they got going on there in Houston he's not really putting out a ton of effort I, I think that there was as much as people thought it was cool that he was going to Houston when they still thought Houston was going to try to compete last year it, I don't think anybody in Detroit was too worried about losing him because defensively he's just he's terrible you know and it's it's your, your starting center just can't be terrible defensively I mean, like if even if the Pacers were to, you know, even if the Pacers were to give up Turner, Sabonis isn't 
terrible. He, he, you know, there's effort there. You know, he's a good rim protector, even though he's not going to be a block shot guy. He's not going to be a great rim protector. He's not going to alter shots. You're just not going to get a clear path to the rim. I don't know that Christian Wood does any of that. I mean, I don't even know that he blocks. He blocks a lot of shots. So let's get there. Um, his stats this year are, I mean, he, he barely, I mean, he blocks, maybe he blocks just under a shot a game. You know, I don't know what his advanced numbers are defensively, but, but you just, you see the guys that have great games against Houston. And, and I think he's at literally and figuratively at the center of that, just how bad he is defensively, but. Yeah, he could he could care more if he's in a playoff race, but then right again, now that, that was the TJ Warren have thing, trust right? in that. Yeah, that was the TJ Warren thing. You're talking about PJ Williams. I look, I wouldn't mind PJ Williams being a pacer. I wouldn't mind it one bit. I'm thinking. I'm sorry, PJ Washington. My fault. Yeah. My fault. I wouldn't mind PJ Washington being a being a pacer at all. Yeah, he's been linked for it seems a couple years, but who knows? I mean, and if they could figure out a way to make Hayward work, I'm in. But that would, you know, I don't know where that goes. Um, to me, Hayward would only make sense if they have like a, a plan to really compete next year, which is possible with the pieces that they are looking at plus add a, a high draft pick. And, um, but if they're thinking a couple of years, then probably yeah. wouldn't make as much sense, but, but I could see a scenario where they're trying to compete next year and would be fun. Last thing here, unless last thing on my list, at least, and if there's anything else you want to, you have on there, you want to throw out there. Absolutely. We'll do that. Bulls, heat, Suns, warriors. Any of those guys make deals? I mean, we've, we've, we probably both have heard the Patrick Williams for Jeremy Grant swap and Patrick Williams and other pieces to Detroit for Jeremy Grant. I mean, Jeremy Grant went to Detroit because he wanted to be the guy. I don't know that he goes to Chicago. And I don't know that he has a no trade. I don't know that he has a way to block a trade, but, you know, does, do they do the Bulls? Or is there anything for the Bulls quickly that you think would, interest them i just put on my list that the bulls and knicks were the were the intriguing ones for him for grant but but as you know as he mentioned recently he's like he didn't want to go anywhere unless he's a primary option that's a little tricky if you're going to go to a contender they're already going to have right uh, good scoring options so maybe the the knicks would be changes tune a little the knicks would be cool i mean i think because he's look he's a two-way player he i think he would be a great fit along julius randall they could be interchangeable. The, the Knicks make a lot of sense in terms of how that fits between him and him and Randall. I don't know. You know, that would give them Barrett. You know, RJ Barrett would be a great piece. That that means they definitely are moving. You know, they would be moving off Fournay, at least in terms of the starting rotation. I mean, I think if I were the Knicks, I would pursue that heavily. Um, you know, the Heat, again, I'm regurgitating a lot of things that, have been almost confirmation bias in my regard. Is Oladipo their deadline acquisition? Uh, 
Do we know anything about his recovery? Are you hearing anything in your capacity? Not a lot. I just, and they really think he'll play this year, but you um, do or don't. A, uh, they, they think that he will. Oh, they think play. they will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, see, that's, uh, they'd have to really, you know, trust and, and see uh, how he's doing to, I mean, because that could be obviously a good addition if he's even close to himself. But yeah, I saw, I, I, I think a lot of people think that the Heat, um, good chance they stand pat and they've had a lot of guys out. So they get him back, even, you know, Lowry's missed the last eight or nine games, personal right. reasons. And, and then if you get him and they've got a great coach and a lot of pieces um, to work with. So they've I got our guy, Kyle guy. guy. Yeah. Shout out to, I guess, my new sponsor, my new AAU boss, <laughs> Kyle Guy. Um, the Heat, we were talking about that. The Suns, I mean, I the, the Warriors touched need to on do it a something. Little. Yeah, that, that'll be the intriguing one. I was saving them for last. I, the, the Suns, what do you think they'll do? You think they'll do anything? We, we, we've sort of hit I, on them a couple times. I'm still sticking with the possibility of a Thad Young type, but – um, but I mean, they're, they're 40 and nine. And so yeah. the only thing, you know, I still, I still remember back in the day when the Pacers were looking great and then the, the Pistons get Rashid Wallace. So the Pacers were still the one seed, but that move, you know, leapfrog Detroit over the Pacers and they beat us in six. So the Suns have to have, I mean, you gotta be obviously careful with, uh, covering for injuries and things like you want to make sure you're fully set, but on paper, like man they're 40 and 9 um clicking they don't need much but i think it'll be minor if they do do something i mean thad young is definitely a player they could get they would have to match his they would have to match his salary though because they're they are over the cap hold on a second are the spurs under the cap the spurs are over the cap so there would have to be a salary match with that he makes 14 million a year and he's in the last year of his contract. So, again, that's where you get into the, okay, are they going to give up Dario Saric? Is, is San Antonio going to be willing to take him because he's got an extra year on his contract? I, I would say the answer is no. Um, so now you're piecing together a lot of dudes, Kaminsky, Peyton, JaVale McGee. You know, and JaVale McGee has been giving him some quality minutes. I mean, he's averaging – nearly 10 points a game and, and seven rebounds a game backing up Aiton and, and in some cases starting because Aiton's, you know, he's, he's had a couple of injuries this year. Nothing, nothing too serious. Um, you know, the Jalen Smith piece, probably a little bit more palatable at 4.4 million, but again, he's got three years left. Although they did just take Wancho Hernan Gomez from the from Boston, and he has an extra year left on his contract. But that's what it would have to take to get him to. They would almost have to take Sarich at eight and a half million to get it close to where it wasn't something like a six for one trade. Do they think San Antonio does that? Mm, I don't know. I think. I, I think they're uh, they would like to make they'd like to deal him, but I guess if they were to get a pick involved, what is Phoenix doesn't have a first round pick this year? 
and they had the rest of their picks going forward. They wouldn't be able to trade 2023 so thanks to the stepping rule. So the first pick they could trade would be 20, a 2024 first-round pick. I don't know. Maybe if you're San Antonio, you take a chance on that pick or the, or the 2025 pick because it's not like you, Phoenix has proven lately that they can stay consistently good. Maybe you do that. Maybe Phoenix tax on a, a top three protection. I mean, I could see that getting done. If they, get, if they can just throw in a pick to make it worth – Worth, you, you, th- you hate to think you give up a first round pick for Thad Young, but you know if you think you, you would you would get off some money, right? Because his contract expires. Really, that's what you're buying. You're buying the contract. You're buying the ability to get off that contract. You trade them eighteen or fourteen million in multi year deals because that's all Phoenix has, and then you you give them a pick to take it on, and and then you end up getting. Thad Young for a title run. You get his bird rights for going forward if he's viable beyond this year. And then you get or you get cap space. That's the trade, I guess. You'd like that, right? Because yeah. you'd want you'd want Thad there. So all right, Golden State, what are they gonna do? Are they gonna give away Kamingo or Wiseman? You would think at least one. I mean I keep reading how they're very reluctant to trade anything that's, you know, any of their youth away, but same time, if you have those assets as currently constructed um, and I even predicted before the season that I think Warriors are going to make a deep run, but I don't think, I don't think they have enough uh, to beat a a Phoenix type. They are 40 million over the cap. Well, we've yet to see them healthy. I mean, look, they've been playing of late without green. Yeah. I wouldn't put anything past them. I mean, I'm I'm definitely not saying they can't go to the finals, but I would just think with those young assets, and if you're, you know, an aging core up top, of course they're extremely good still, but mm-hmm. is there something that makes sense to to keep God. some of your youth and trade some of your youth? Curry, Thompson, Wiggins, Green, and Looney or Wiseman. Yeah, I don't know what I mean. Obviously, they were there were talks of them being involved with Miles Turner. I don't know. Again, I think all things Turner gets put on hold unless they feel, you know, unless the Pacers end up giving him away for, you know, cents in the dollar. But I tell you what, I want to see one day is a sports themed Shark Tank <laughs> where trade deadline you've got a guy and you got five teams that want him and they all, uh, <laughs> they're Do all, you, you know, live auditioning for it and then all of a sudden that's the deal i want i'll take it (laughs) you listen to um nate duncan a little bit yeah i love their their mock trade deadline podcast they do sometimes they do sometimes they talk enough they get two or three podcasts out of it it's it's pretty good stuff and they i think they do a pretty good job it's usually four of them right they all three of them take teams and then nate duncan is everybody's agent so he ends up making a lot of decisions he ends up making a lot of um he ends up having a lot of open auctions of course it's just on the podcast and it's all fake but but it's it's kind of what it's kind of the same thing that you're talking about for those that don't you know if you like the nba you need to listen to nate duncan's podcast dunked on basketball as well as um him and john hollinger have their own podcast 
And then, of course, listen to Tyler's podcast, right? What's, you know, tell everybody again what you're, where they can find your stuff. Yeah, I do Pacers coverage. Um, you know, going, going to the home games is most of my coverage, but uh, Tyler Smith underscore ISL on Twitter. And then uh, Steve and I do the Hoosier Hysteria podcast a couple times a month uh, where we talk Pacers and IU and, and occasionally um, some other topics, NBA. Yep. Um, college basketball, even the local high school scene at times, but indiesportslegends.com for articles. And where are you located geographic? Where are you in Greencastle? Crawfordsville. Crawfordsville. Okay, that's right. Yep. Okay. Athenian. I saw that. Okay. Their boys team's yep, having so a good a, good season this year. Yeah, they've been good for a while. I didn't I didn't know yeah. that I thought they would be good this year. Or maybe they had a slow start. Yeah, they did lose a couple really good scorers, um, yep. but they still have a, a good senior class, so they've been cool. solid record. Well, Tyler, I appreciate it. We'll um, When this is all said and done, we probably will have been on here for an hour, right? Hopefully, so. hopefully, thanks for having hopefully, me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. Hopefully we, we got a good chance to entice people to come check out your stuff with the Pacers and, and, um, and, and IU, but I think the one time we podcast together, we talked mostly about NBA stuff. So I, I enjoyed it. So I enjoyed yeah. this too. All right, Tyler. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Thank you.